Life in all its myriad forms cover the jewel of the solar system, Earth. The planet we call home boasts an amazing array of flora and fauna, with the dominant species, us, perched atop the global food chain. But is that perch as secure as we believe it to be? And as we look down, do we truly see all that exists in the shadow of the pedestal of our own creation? Or does hubris blind us to that which we cannot easily see? There are those who say winged creatures glide through moonlit skies or glare from the darkness with crimson eyes. Are the plaster cast footprints filling display cases in museums around the globe proof of the existence of the creature indigenous people of North America named Sasquatch in bygone days? Or are they all part of an elaborate hoax perpetrated against an all too often gullible society? And are we justified in embracing the evidence of eyewitness accounts and other evidence, or equally justified in denying that any new thing could be discovered under the burning light of day or the cool rays of a full moon? Are cryptids such as Mothman and Bigfoot actual living creatures, or do they only haunt the fertile forests and fields that border the pathways leading through the shadows of legend? Today we're speaking with local businessman Carl Felty, who has some paranormal experiences he'd like to share. How are you doing today, Mr. Felty? Hey, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well so far. So if you don't mind, we'll just wade right into it, and uh, you can share some of your experiences with uh, the strange or the paranormal with us. Yeah. Well, my, my first story actually happened. I actually texted my cousin today to, to help me with the timeline of when this happened. And we came up with the timeline. This was about 20 years ago when this happened. So, And you've been on my street before, so you know it's not a very long street. I mean, so um, my, my cousin and her first husband at the time, she lived the next street over, and I would spend a lot of time – um, I'd walk down there because, you know, it's just not that far. I'd walk down to her house and we'd watch monster movies and stuff like that. And quite often, a lot of times I'd stay till after dark and then I'd just walk back home. So this one night, and I always tell people when I tell this story, I don't drink. So I wasn't drunk. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's one of the first things people will say, were you drinking? And I was like, no, I wasn't drinking because I don't drink. So I was 100% sober when this happened. So one night I left. Usually some nights I'd stay as late as 12 or 1230 or something, especially if it was on the weekend. So one night I left and I'm, I'm walking home and I, I turned the corner to get there on, on the straight way of, of my street. And as I'm walking down the road, I glance over to the other side of the street and I thought, what is that? At first I thought it was a dog. It's, but then I got a little bit closer to the, to what it was, and it I was I stopped basically in my steps. I was like, "Whoa!" So I stayed on my side of the road. It's on its other side of the road, and I'm just standing there looking at it, and it's looking at me. And it's not a dog, but I don't know what it is. But it's I I figured at about the time it was standing about four feet tall, and it's it's like it's it's during the winter as well so it's chilly outside and it is it is breathing really really loud and and there's like also foam coming out of its mouth and it almost looks like a 
a miniature wolf-like creature that is standing up on its on its legs, and I'm and it's got arms and and when I tell people this story, some people are like, um, "You sure it wasn't a kid running around trying to scare people?" You know you know, in a mask or something, I'm like, no kid has that money, that type of money or time to buy a mask or something that looked this real. So yes, because most masks are, are actually quite obvious that they are masks. Yeah, exactly. And so as I'm, I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I turn around and go back? So I stay as far on my side of the road as I can and start slowly walking up the road. And so I'm walking up the road, and this this is actually since this is a, about 20 years ago, I actually didn't have a cell phone at the time. So so there's no ph- photography proof or anything, which I don't know if I'd have wanted to take a flash photography at something strange staring at me. <laughs> anyway. Right, that might uh, actually escalate a bad situation. Yeah, I may not be sharing this story right now. I could have been bald to death <laughs> or something. I don't know. So as I walk closer, I keep my eyes on it, and I and I go into the person's across the street's yard to get farther away. But I watch, and it honestly stares at me the entire time as I'm walking down the road, and it's I mean, and it's still breathing and just looking at me. And so I slowly walk down the road, and and thinking, okay, I'm just not gonna do this quickly or anything and because because i'm sitting there thinking i know i'm i'm not dreaming i'm awake i've not watched too many monster movies over the years and so i just keep walk walking down the road and the whole time i'm walking down my straight road i'm looking back at it and it it turns its head a little bit and everything and and it doesn't move much and so i finally make it home and so at that time, I decide to, you know, grab a camera and, which probably wasn't the best idea ever, and run back outside. And and so I I go about I get about halfway down the road and I see that it's gone. Well, yeah, when I told my cousin about this story, she's like, "Man, I always have a can- camera ready to go. You should have came back and grabbed my camera." I was like, "Well." I just didn't think about that. I was a little, you know, startled by what I seen. Well, obviously, I mean, even if it had been, for instance, just a dog, then then a stray dog in itself, it can be dangerous. Yeah, and I don't. I've never seen a dog standing up, you know, on its legs and, and like almost like arms hanging down. Right. That's not typical canine behavior. Yeah, and and like I said, it looks almost like a small werewolf-like creature. But what makes my story more interesting is um, my mom told me a couple of weeks later that her niece's daughter, um, she um, her niece ran in the house to get something and came back out to the car, and her niece, she was probably maybe five or six at the time and she was screaming and crying and she described the creature exactly like i described it it's what she saw came up to her car window while her mom was in the house for that just a little bit well now at this point it might might help to clarify to people that aren't familiar with the area you do live in the city, but it's kind of like a suburban setting. And yeah, I live in I live in Westwood, off from Ashland. Yes, right. And uh, you know, when you you say like in one part, you said walk through your neighbor's yard. Then uh, these yards aren't tightly typical city square yards. Sometimes they can be larger yards and things of that nature with trees. So there's something 
places where these things could easily hide is what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. And, and so, I mean, when I've shared that story and I've added on what happened with my niece's daughter, um, I mean, I've had people tell me, well, someone's just dressing up and running around the neighborhood trying to scare people. I'm like, no, they're not. I'm honestly telling you, I've watched enough monster movies. I would know when something was a mask and someone was dressed up. Well, and in your specific instance, how likely would it be for someone to be out at midnight playing a joke? Yeah, especially someone that is almost like child size, too. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's a little a few kids that may run around that time of night, but not not normally, no. Yeah, and typically that kind of a, a behavior in younger people is, is only during like the Halloween season. Exactly. And like I said, this was the middle of winter because it was cold. I had a jacket on and, and I can I can still, I mean, even though, like I said, I've, we figured out the timeline was around 20 years ago, I can still see the the foam coming out of its mouth as well. And like, I mean, I mean, maybe it was a deformed dog of some sort, but I've never seen a dog stand like that. So I don't know what it was, but it wasn't normal. And I know of one other person that saw it besides me. Now, have there been other reported instances or have you seen that yourself again? I posted on various things. I even posted on the, the Westwood, you know, um, Facebook group about it one time and, and various other things around the internet asking if anybody had anything like that and stuff like that. I actually talked to, um, I actually didn't talk about it. I, they did a, um, um, this one podcast was was taking submissions, so I submitted my story and and they talked about it in their podcast a little bit about what I what I'd seen and dealt with. But unfortunately, I haven't seen anybody said anything else like, like it. I, I almost feel like um you know Mulder from the X Files. You know, like I saw it, but no one believes me that it's out there. <laughs> I I understand completely, and uh, you know, you mentioned the relationship between Westwood and Ashland and everything. There actually is an area through there that is uh, wooded enough. People uh, routinely see deer that wandered into the middle of Ashland from that area. Yeah, I I walked that one morning. I was fixing coffee, and I looked across the street, and there was three deers in my neighbor's yard. (laughs) So, I mean, it's conceivable something that size could hide fairly easily in in that area. It's a a very interesting story, and uh, perhaps you said you'd you'd never seen it again, and perhaps that's a good good thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing, and it's probably a good thing I didn't, like I told you earlier, that I didn't try to take a picture of it, because who knows what would have (laughs) happened. Well, now, did you get the impression that you were in any sort of imminent danger, or that it it had uh, the intent to pursue you? It didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like it startled me because I think more than anything, the seeing that you know how when it's cold outside and you breathe, you see your breath coming out like that. Seeing the breath and it foaming like that at the mouth, it just like I was like, what is going on here? And then you know, I didn't really get scared. I was more startled. But but I mean, the more I thought about, it, I thought you know, and it, it really is kind of terrifying. And I. <laughs> And part of the thing is I've watched so many different monster movies and creatures stuff over the years and everything. That's another thing people will say to me. I said, you watch too many monster movies. I'm like, yes, I, I probably have watched too many monster movies. But <laughs> but the thing is, I've never seen anything that looked like this exactly. I mean, because even like werewolves in in movies are gigantic. Yes, they are. Huge. Yes. I mean, they're, you know, eight, ten feet tall sometimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And, and people uh, fail to realize that the more you know about anything, uh, less likely are you to be deceived by, like you said, someone with a costume or anything like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I honestly know for a fact that I don't know what I saw, but it wasn't a child in a costume, which I've been told is probably what it was. But I'm like, no. <laughs> but but now you're convinced that it was some sort of uh, physical creature. I am 100 percent sure. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've thought you know you know with the way you know with the the thing the way we've have chemicals in the air and everything. I mean it. I mean, it could be something that's mutated. I don't know yeah, what it's I a, it's a possibility. Yes, it is. Yeah, because I've I've th- I've talked I talked about it before over the over the years to, to a lot of different people. I've even stood in line at conventions and shared stories with people, and I've shared this one and stuff. I mean, it's always you always when you go to a horror convention or something, we stand along lines to get an autograph. You end up talking to somebody, and stuff like this has came up. <laughs> Now, have you had a chance to discuss this with professional cryptid hunters? I have not, unfortunately. I would like to do that one day if the chance ever came up. So, uh, stepping away from this for a little bit, what other sort of strange and paranormal uh, instances do you have to report? Um, I One time, this one I didn't experience myself, but one time um, me and my parents and my aunt and uncle went to the the Ohio State um, Reformatory Prison and toured it. And um, one of the rooms we went in that just had a a chair um, in it, there had been – people had reported lots of activity in that room including even a strong sense smell of perfume in that room and i was doing a i was doing a lot of video recording and stuff like that i've actually put up a couple of small youtube videos on on my youtube channel of some of the footage i recorded there but um my mom at the time she even before she saw what it was so she didn't even get get it in her head that 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 was there before she read the description about the room she said that she small smelled perfume really strong at the time and she said she could really smell it and and she hadn't read the sign yet and then she she thought we was all what what makes it more interesting she said she really even to this day i think she still thinks that she thinks we was all all just kidding with her kidding with her that we smelled it too but no none of the uh, uh, the rest of us so smelled it in the group except her so i'm like mom you just had a paranormal experience and she's like no you all are just messing with me you smelled it too i'm like no <laughs> we did not <laughs> well and that's a typical thing uh People, a lot of people I've discussed this with, the initial response is disbelief. And uh, uh, and when someone actually does get around to reporting it, usually they lead with, I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but this happened. The Ohio State Reform- Reformatory, they've had a lot of people experience things there. And that, if, if pe- For people that don't know, that is also where a lot of the um, Shawshank Redemption was filmed. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and that, yeah, it's – and. I didn't experience anything personally, but you could feel the creepiness in that place, it, it, especially the chapel part of the prison. I mean, I mean, just uh, it just had that feeling of you know creepiness, and you know where people had committed suicide and various things that happened in that prison. I forgot what I think it maybe if I'm remembering correctly, it was shut down in 1990. Well, I mean, they say any in any area that has uh, a lot of powerfully charged emotions 
charges that area with a certain amount of energy. Mm -hmm. And a prison where you may have someone in there, anything uh, from uh, multiple murders or, or anything along that line, it would have definitely be some violent energy. And, and again, you, you know, you say that you walked in and uh, felt like it's overpowering creepiness. Well, you may have been picking up on uh, a lot of that stored energy. That's, that's a very good point. I could have, I could have, but it's, I actually want to go back there again one of these days. Cause it was, it was it's an interesting thing to tour. Now, have you had any other similar experiences to that in any other location? I have not, actually. I, those are the only two. I mean, I've been to a lot of creepy places and stuff like that, but I have only the only two experiences I've had is just that mild thing at the the reformatory, and which is actually located in Mansfield, Ohio, if no one knows, um, and um, and of course my werewolf like creature that still is is 20 years later is still so vivid in my mind i can still just see him standing there well obviously it made a, a, an extreme impact and uh would you care to uh hazard a guess on uh and now that you've had all these years to reflect on what you actually think it was i I've thought about that a lot, but we know, well, at least we assume werewolves like that don't exist. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I keep think I kept thinking, you know, and also another thing that made me think it wasn't a dog is the way the way the mouth and the nose was on the creature. It was the way it was it was coming out longer, like than norm that you normally see on a dog. That's interesting and an interesting description. I could also see its teeth too, and the teeth they they were all they almost looked um, jagged like 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 a lot of them had been broke off too. I forgot to mention that earlier. And uh, you say that uh, it it didn't pursue you or anything or, or seem inclined to follow you. No, it just it just looked at me the entire time. It was like we kept eye contact with each other i almost believe as long as we could till i reached that part on my road where i could not see it anymore so actually you walked out of basically its field of vision as well yes exactly until it was completely gone and i just couldn't see it because it the the, the the street it's like when you come on my street it's the first street you see there on the right to turn down so it's almost at the very end of my road is where it is because as soon as I went off that street, I was like, boom, what is that? Well, let me ask you another question here. Uh, a lot of times with canines especially, you can you can look at a, a canine and tell even a, a larger canine if it's still what would qualify as a juvenile a puppy. So uh, did this creature seem to be a juvenile or did it seem to be give you the impression that it was was an adult representation? I think the adult representation, the fact, too, that the teeth was in such a ba bad shape that I forgot to mention earlier. I mean, it just – and I also didn't mention the colors. It was it was kind of a, a – a, of course, it was after dark, so it was hard to get the details of the colors, but it was a brownish color. Now, uh, could it be – would it be possible – now, you're describing it as, as, as canine-like, but saying that it wasn't a dog. Would it be – possible do you think that uh, it was some other form of cryptid that's what i think since i can't think of it of anything that i've ever seen that looks close to it i mean it i mean the head and the, the even you know dog's ears are a certain 
measurement and it seems like but these ears even seemed longer it was just just if it if it wasn't if it was a dog it was the most deformed dog i've ever seen and even since the internet has got that's another thing i didn't mention since the internet has gotten you know more extreme out there you can find almost anything i've done a lot of googling and stuff like that and looked at various species of animals and stuff like that and i just can't find anything that looks like it well it, it almost sounds to me like the, the way you kind of describe it there uh it almost seems to be representative of, of kind of a jackal like you know the old egyptian you, you see anubis and things like that you know the jackal head it's obviously a canine but it doesn't look so much like a dog yeah, and the way it was standing, it almost st- stood like something that was, I, I hate to say part human, but yeah, it just, <laughs> that's, I just couldn't get over it. Well, I mean, I get it would be very striking to see something like that. And, and the reason I, I asked if it possibly could have been a different type of cryptid, because, you know, for instance, there's a school of thought in, in the community that researches Sasquatch that all of them are related, but. For instance, the skunk ape is is not as large as Sasquatch in in Northern California. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so, but but they're all interrelated. That's the reason I thought maybe you know possibly it could have been another cryptid. Because you see something that popular culture would dictate that if you see something odd like that that looks canine, you're gonna well you'll go to werewolf. That'd be your first thing. Yeah, that was yeah, that was obviously my first thought. It looks like a a small werewolf, but we know there's no werewolves out there. But that's that's my impression I got. Now, uh, have there been any other? I know, I know you said you didn't have any, but in your area, general area there, have you heard of any other strange sightings that that might have mimicked your own? I haven't. I don't know if there has been any, but I mean, what little bit I've asked around the area, I haven't heard anybody say anything. I haven't. I haven't tried again in a few years. I should, you know, hit people up again on various Westwood community groups and stuff like that again. And see and, and tell my story again. Actually, I may when you post this, I'll I will mention this and and ask if anybody else has had an experience. <laughs> Excellent, and that that would be good because I, I would actually like to talk to people that have had other experiences. And a lot of times, people are hesitant to share experiences like this because. Um, they don't want to be thought of as well, yeah, for lack of a better word, crazy. Yeah, see, that's the difference. I don't. I mean, it doesn't bother me when people say, "Oh, you watch too many horror movies," or "I don't believe you." It was a kid or something. I, I know what I saw. I mean, if someone wants to not agree with what I saw or think it wasn't an, a real animal and it was a person, I'm okay with that. It's just I don't get upset if you laugh at my story or whatever, which I've had my own brother laughed at me and said, you watch too many horror movies. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> well, now, in, in your opinion, what uh, do you think most the attraction of, of the paranormal and the, the, the strange and the out of the ordinary is to most people? I just think it's the fact that um, – a lot of people don't believe in any of that stuff like that exists, doesn't believe in any experiences like that. So I think that draw the people that's really into it, you know, that go on ghost hunts and stuff like that. I think people like to prove other people wrong and stuff like that, too. Well, I had actually had a, a paranormal investigator say the exact same thing to me. He said, I want proof. 
<laughs> he's been gathering evidence for 20 years. He says, but I want proof. That's what drives him. He, he wants to be able to prove to people that ghosts are real. Yeah, and just like the Conjuring movies, how popular they have been. They've just – people's been drawn and – I mean they, they've become major hits on just low-budget budget films. Well, I mean it goes all the way back to the Blair Witch Project. Remember, that was uh, – Actually, very low budget, but it, the movie did phenomenally well. People were drawn to that type of thing. And it, it was interesting and different, but now people have used that type of film and stuff well, like that, where yes. it's, it's run its course now. Right, it has. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned it from the standpoint that people were wanting to uh, you know, experience that. So even a movie made on a lower budget had, had an audience. What, what was great about the Blair Witch, too, is the fact that they used their real names, and it made a lot of people think it was a true story, which got them even more buzz. Yes. Oh, definitely, yeah. But now, of course, there's there's a difference between, uh, for instance, a fictionalized account of anything and, and someone saying that they actually had an experience. There's, there's a world of difference between those two things. Yeah. But uh, the two aren't mutually exclusive. A person can enjoy a good story. Uh, I've discussed with several people. Proof is is a difficult thing to 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 come up with because you'll never find anything that uh, everyone will consider to be empirical evidence of, of something like ghosts or or Sasquatch or or even werewolves until we have a family of Sasquatch living in a zoo. Exactly. There's always going to be that one person that if you have your evidence, they'll come back with why your evidence is fake. <laughs> exactly. And and in the age of uh, things like Photoshop and, and numerous video and audio editing softwares, then uh, you know, there's there's a precedent for that. It could be fake. But uh, it's like, you know, there's been numerous uh, videos of alien autopsies, for instance. And some people believe these things uh, completely, and other people, oh, it's obviously fake. So it's it's difficult to make, to come up with proof that uh, that everyone will accept. Yeah, which I don't think will ever happen. Like you said, until we have a family living in a zoo or something. <laughs> and at, at one time, people don't realize that at one time elephants were thought to be mythical creatures. Well, it's been hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But uh, what always got me, though, is that uh, these tales predate, they mirror each other, and they predate any kind of widespread communication. It's like back before the first wooden ship sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, people in California were talking about Sasquatch. And people in the Himalayas were talking about the Yeti and, and other than coloration and habits these are essentially the same creature yeah of course like in our not real close area but we all know about the moth band <laughs> yes exactly i mean it's, it's uh, just right up in point pleasant so what would you say to people that experience something strange i would say don't be afraid to share your story because there's other people out there that's had you you know experiences that are strange and a lot of people may laugh at you but there's people that wants to hear your story. So don't, don't care if someone laughs at you. I mean, just feel free to share it. I mean, there's people that will, will want to hear it. I mean, there's so much stuff out there on the internet with this stuff that people, I mean, it's built websites and 
and like you're doing your podcast and stuff like that. So I would say just tell your story because I, I want to hear it too. Well, see, I would agree with that assessment and that advice because uh, if you don't share it, you never know who's experienced the same thing you have. Yeah. That's always my hope is I'll run into someone else that's maybe experienced this wolf-like looking creature. And and this this is a question that you have had for obviously 20 years and you may have for another 20 years uh, until someone says, yes, I saw something similar to that. And then you compare stories and maybe come up with some sort of resolution. Yep. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully you can be back on again here very soon. This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.